Got the wine. Mics are on. Cameras are on. on. Live audience, for real, (laughs) is here. The live audience. (laughs) In the building. Welcome back. Fourth Mill Podcast, headlinermusicclub.com, brought to you by Zen, Eric Deluxe, DJ5. Got a special guest in here before we introduce them. Got to uh, get the work done. So make sure you keep sharing it. Spread the word to your friends. Appreciate it. I know it sounds repetitive, but, you know, <laughs> again, we are on YouTube. Shouts to everybody watching us. Hello. Go like and subscribe. Yeah, do all that uh, on the podcast app or on Spotify. Just sh- screenshot it and share it. That's how the word gets yeah, out, man. and we appreciate it. We see it all the time. We'll repost So thank it. you. Thank and keep you letting us know any questions or topics. Yeah, shoot DM us our way. at Headliner Music Club on the Instagram. And, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. You ready? You guys ready? ready? Got the wine? What's what's our new crew? Corkage C- Fee Boys. Yeah, CFB, <laughs> Corkage Fee Boys, where you pull up to a spot, bring your own wine. Yep. Get At least the $20 two, bottle, corkage two bottles fee. minimum. Two bottle minimum. Yep. Uh, this is a special episode. Very special. I man. mean, one of my favorite DJs of all time. One of my idols. Far. Idol, favorite DJ. I would say top three favorite DJs. Yep. For real. Yeah. And, and I have like cassettes to prove that. I gotta find them, but yeah. I I hundred percent have cassettes of you mixing. I have Turn Fable on cassette. Mellow D, ladies and gentlemen, Woo! welcome to the podcast. Thank you. For I would that, clap, but I have that. Yeah, I'm gonna clap. <laughs> Mellow I'm D, clap for you guys, man. World no. famous beat DJ. Mellow D D D D D. I mean, wow, bro. Thank you. for Thanks that for intro. finally coming, man. Yeah, no, Thank I'm you, glad uh, we were finally able to make, able to make it. Happen. I know you were under yeah. the weather last time we were supposed to link up. Yeah. Feel like a few of us were a lot Did of you shake were. the coronavirus? I shook it. I, sh- I beat it. <laughs> right. I beat it. All right, good. Because yeah. now we'll drink more wine. What are we drinking? With Niner? What is this? Uh, I don't Niner, know. Something bang, bang, from Niner La, La Bodega wine? next door. So. La Bodega. It's pretty good, though. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm with it. $20 bottle. Um, yeah. Scored 4.1 on my uh, Vivino app. Yeah. You know. 20 ball goes a long way. It's not way. an ad, by the way. but <laughs> Yeah, it's not an ad because we paid for the wine. Damn it. But they need to uh, definitely give us yeah, a reciprocate. Uh, Mello, so much to talk about, man. I mean, yeah. I remember the first time I heard Mello D. Well, f- see, I started DJing in like 97, 98, yeah. right? Okay. And for me, there was no YouTube, no, you know, there's obviously radio. Mm-hmm. But th- for me, DJing and learning was watching VHS cassettes. All day. And I would watch cassettes of you whether it's DMC or just some other Beat Junkies videos. And, like, watching these videos, to me, you guys were, like, movie stars. Yep. You, oh, Babu, Ripmatic, like, uh, I mean, all the all you guys um, Thanks, were man. legit, like, celebrities in my eyes, bro. Because, yeah. like, I remember the first time I, I went to Fat Beats, the, the one on Vermont, mm-hmm. the first one. And Ripmatic was there, like, ringing me up. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> hold on, what? I don't understand this. Like, this is... Ripmatic from the Beat Junkies. Yeah. How is he working here? Like, it shit yeah. was crazy to me, bro. Yeah. And, like, I think DJ Ron and Echo took me. That okay. was my first time at Fat Beast, and okay. this shit was insane. So you guys were, like, big celebrities. I mean, you still are, obviously. Yeah. But, like, I'm just going back when I was a 17-year-old kid. 90, 293. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I really started paying attention to radio mixing when I met, like, Echo. And then I knew he was, like, I, I didn't know much about mixers on radio and i like started hearing him and then i started hearing um vice and then i started hearing mr chalk mm-hmm. and it was a rough thing because you I, I believe at one point you and chalk were on at the same time yeah. at night yeah probably because you were on close or like was it the nine o'clock bomb or, or what was it the um, mix you did with julio g at night 
I know yeah. it was a long time ago. My time slot changed a few times over okay. the years because we were there for, I think, seven years, Julio yeah. and I together. But uh, I think originally it started at seven and then they moved it to like eight o'clock. And then so I basically over the years, I played a seven o'clock and eight o'clock and a nine o'clock slot. So, so so just for people that don't know or younger people, you were on 92.3 The Beat, which mm -hmm. was like a legendary L.A. hip hop station. I mean, like Tupac was coming through there yeah, with, with yeah. Uh, Theo. Good times. Yeah. I mean, it's legendary, bro. Yeah. So I would listen to Mellow every night yeah. and record them. Thank you for that. And, <laughs> and, and I can't even understand to tell people how. I mean, they'll know now because they'll go to your Instagram and see how flawless you are. Mm -hmm. But this is on the radio where people know. L.A. radio, I mean, there's a lot of markets that are live, but there's a lot of markets that aren't. Right. L.A. radio, and I came from it later, but, like, it's live radio yeah. with real mi mixing, and there's no room for error. Oh, yeah. Any mistake, you can hear it. Yep. Is, sure. Do you think that was the start of your, like, perfectionism? Like, because you are, like, a perfect fucking DJ, bro. <laughs> no, I make mistakes like everybody else, um, but... Uh... I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have, the, I have the video to prove it. I just don't share it. But... Uh, <laughs> No, I think, uh, you know, I've been asked this question um, over the, the last five years. And I think we're honestly like thinking back where that really comes from is just uh, going to school and being such a bookworm. Yeah. Like um, I went to an accelerated Whitney, right? uh, high school. We took a lot of Whitney High, Whitney so High. Goes, we yeah. took a lot of college prep classes and that kind of like really at an early age, really just kind of I feel like just shaped me to just really like just be as tight with my school game, yeah. you know, as possible. And I think uh, that just carried over yeah. into my musicality as yeah. a young adult, you know, just really trying to just, you know, be as sharp every time, you know, and I actually, you know, thinking back, I drew a lot of inspiration from all types of DJs, but I remember like in the early nineties, um, I was always just fascinated and just in awe of like the DJs from Japan, yeah. like the legends, like Honda, you right. know, Tashi, GM yeah. Yoshi, they were always, and even to this day, yeah. like 2020, like, the, the DMC champs, even a lot of the, just the Japanese DJs, there's this kid Coco out there now yeah. that plays 45. Oh, Dude, these kids do not miss a beat. And yeah, I think right. that always, like, uh, that was always, there was always such a big takeaway there for me, technically. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, these Japanese guys, they perform like robots, man, yeah. but they were yeah. funky. They had flow. Yeah. They had mad dope routines. And it just, like, it was very inspiring to me. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, between the art of DJing, what it was back then, and like I said, just like growing up and, and being schooled the way I was, like yeah. as a student, I think, you know, fusing those things together kind of like shaped me into who That's I am amazing. when I perform a set or a mix or a video or whatever it so, is. So. so I feel like we normally don't do this type of format, but like it's always like topics, yeah. but I'm so interested in, and, and such a fan of yours where I kind of want to go back to like how you, what got you into DJ and how it started. Like I want to go to day one. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, like how old were you? How did, what were you like influences or you know yeah so uh so i'm 46 i was born in 73 and um we always kind of the way i grew up we always had music in the house okay so my mom and dad um you know they were from the 60s that was kind of like their heyday their high school yeah. so you know this is uh, they grew up on like rock and roll uh oldies so they always had both of them as kids my mom and my dad they had their own 45 collections nice so my dad's was mostly like rock and roll um some soul records um my mom had a little bit of everything. She had like the Beatles, you know, she had mm -hmm. um, ballads, like oldies, like Angel Baby, My Boyfriend's yeah, Back, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. Motown stuff. Um, so I was always kind of exposed to the music that they grew up on. And then, um, you know, fast forward to the late 70s, um, my mom got really into disco. So we always had those 45s, you know, Fox the Hits, Foxy Get For Off, sure. B 
Bee Gees. I remember we went to the drive-in. Like I remember going four times when I was four years old, I think, mm-hmm. when Saturday Night Fever came out. Yeah. And I wow. never finished. I always, I just remember falling asleep. But um, they were super into. My mom was super into disco. And so there was that music. And then to answer your question, like fast forward to like the early '80s. So this is when like, you know, um, on the West Coast out here, um, you had kind of like you know techno hop. Mm-hmm. you know hip-hop ice tea reckless yeah, yeah, yeah. egyptian lover mm-hmm. so i was just like you know the first song of craft work you know like yep. here in tour de france like right away i was just like what is this you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's just like i was just mesmerized you know wow. by the sound it's time you know yeah, um, yeah. this is so this is like 83 84 and then you had k-day uh, 1580 mm-hmm. k-day so this is like you know shout out to tony g all mm-hmm. the og k-day mix masters these were the guys that pioneered the art of mix show so they were taking all this music that I was, you know, growing up on just as a young kid, like fifth or sixth grade, you know, breakdancing made its way out to the West Coast, 83, 84. Um, so I think all these things, again, put together, you know, just being exposed to the music, even hip hop, um, the Fat Boys, Malcolm mm, McLaren, yeah. Buffalo Gals, Roxanne Chante, you know, yeah. uh, the Juice Crew out in the East Coast, like all these things put together. Um, just really, I was just already, I think I was just drawn into the culture, okay. the hip hop culture. And then fast forward to 84. Five or 80, 86 maybe uh, my first junior high school dance at Whitney I was yeah. seventh grade and it was uh, my man shout out to DJ curse um, he was this was the first time I ever saw a mobile DJ okay which was huge back in the 80s you know um, a lot of us out here on the West Coast from the 80s kind of cut our teeth on you know birthday parties yeah. house parties quinceañeras you know cotillions all that stuff you know lugging the crates of records the speakers <sighs> The People coffins, don't know about that. No, you know more. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. now is now is we just show up with the a backpack coffins. and like you know we haven't made bringing like you know? a backpack is like bringing too much. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there still like, is oh, mobile but... DJs. It's not take yeah, anything yeah. away from them, but like yeah, the the record days, the yeah, crates. Yeah. No, we no, were bringing no systems. Like yeah. you know, yeah, a lot yeah. of times it was like a caravan of like three yeah. or four. Yeah, I was cars, part of like... that whole thing. I used to uh, help this guy named Rick from WP Records out in Lomita on PCH. Okay, so he used to do a lot of he used to do a lot of weddings, and I was like his heavy lifting, bro. Bro, take the big old. Uh, Crown Vegas, what are they? Sirwin Vegas, Sirwin Vega joints, the big like box sub and yeah. all kinds of, and just coffins. What was yeah. it called? The earthquake or something? The oh I think yeah, it was called yeah. The I think it was yeah, yeah that yeah. was a base cabinet, right? Because so the uh, earthquake. Because I grew up in Cerritos too. Yep. And I uh, I was friends with Havoc's brother, mm-hmm. and that was my first exposure Scott, to his brother Scott. No, uh, it was younger brother Greg. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Because yeah, okay. I was like went to elementary elementary school with them so okay. i usually hear keith djing all the time but, yep so yeah. you're exposed early on too yeah yeah for sure, Damn. For sure. so yeah. Those, yeah yeah but my exposure to the mobile dj scene and seeing curse like curse. you know yeah. so this was the first time i seen you know an actual live dj coffin two technique yeah. 1200s new mark whatever it was yeah. 1650 line switch the serwin vegas yeah. the lights the whole shenanigan you so know before I mean? that like, you didn't really pay attention to dj you were just like into the music i had um one of my elementary school friends uh brian his older brother was a dj okay i saw i remember seeing like glancing like going to you know hang out with him at his house once like walking by his brother's room and kind of like just getting like yeah. literally a two second glance at what is that and seeing mm, the turntable same thing, turntables yeah, yeah. but I never knew what it was okay. and then actually when I bought the Malcolm McLaren record yeah. with Buffalo Gals if anyone knows that record you and turn you it over little, yeah. it's got a picture of him like in the DJ studio with yeah. the setup of two turntables and an old I think wow. GLI mixer wow. and I was like oh so this is how they're mixing yeah. So seamlessly from song to song without having to stop the music or letting a record just cold end, mm-hmm. you know, and then there being two seconds of yeah, silence yeah. and then the next song starts. So then when I saw Curse in 86, um, I was just 
blown away by the whole experience. Yeah. I mean, the the loud sound system, the, loud, the lights, the music, you know what I mean? Whatever was dance. hot at the time, the Latin freestyle, hip hop, planet rock, craft yeah, work, yeah. you know what I mean? West Coast stuff, everlasting bass, like, and so loud, like just bass in your face, yeah. you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. hitting you in the chest. Like uh, I was the kid that like was just kind of like, you know, Ignoring girls the whole night. I was just watching. I was just For geeking sure. out the whole time this watching. This is 85? Like, 80, probably 86. Yeah. Eight, yeah, 86. Oh, maybe 85 or 86. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, but uh, yeah, seventh, seventh grade. So. Damn, wow. And then from that point on, it was just like, I was obsessed. I was yeah. obsessed with just all of it. And then when you did know? you finally get your own setup? So 87, I didn't get a setup, but, uh, you know, turntables were, they weren't cheap back in the day. Nah. You know, and, uh, you They're know. still we, not. Yeah, well, for <laughs> sure. Um, but uh, I was basically begging my parents yeah. for like, you know, a setup, but to get that, that was like, we're talking like, you know, geez, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Then, like, yeah. so they're like, you know, and then I, now I understand as a parent myself, like, you know, something like that, whether it's, you know, an instrument or a sport as a parent, some of these things, I mean, they can be costly. Yeah. So you want to make sure that your child is kind of committed to this, committed to yeah. it. you know, versus like a skateboard where like you'll skate back, for like a yeah. week and then like, oh, you're done you're with over it, it. You know? And back then, like parents didn't know that you you know how many years later you're still be doing yeah. it and making money off of it like yeah they didn't think there was a future in it of you course know? i mean it's just i don't like, think and and that's the kind of the beauty of 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 why we came so far is because we didn't know that either exactly so that's when you know exactly it was real because it yeah. came from the heart it exactly. wasn't like a oh shit you can make money off this yeah, let's yeah. try it that nah, wasn't, we, yeah. we didn't know definitely didn't set out to be a club dj no nah, i don't think like career. the three of us sitting no, in this room that was never all. part of our thought process at right all. like we just i just wanted to scratch yeah exactly <laughs> Bro, exactly seriously, i just wanted to be like you we just wanted we just wanted to be ill <laughs> i just, just want to be like melody on on these vhs's that i'm watching it's crazy <laughs> no nah, i feel like uh we, we all kind of share that i think that's why the three of us like we click so well because yeah. it's just like you know we always wanted to be dope and just be sick and like be able to just step up and serve you know um but uh but yeah so my parents in 87 they got me one technique 1200 you know just to get me a turntable and then um i kind of just you know i rigged up a kind of a a makeshift uh, dj system i had my dad's old you know home stereo system he had a cassette deck and a receiver that had an aux mode a phono a cassette a line i figured out a way to kind of scratch like turning the knob and i figured out a mean a way to play the cassettes that i had the mixtapes that i had and the you know the half created records that i had to my name just you know throw those on and try and teach myself how to mix again this is obviously pre-youtube pre-internet there was no like tools or resources back then um so it was it was much different the learning curve was curve was much much wider than it is today for sure but um but yeah all the while like like you said five just like really just obsessed with just just being good man and just really wanted to learn and just you know trying to absorb it all like then there was just so much hip-hop is so deep-rooted like you know with djing with you know b-boying graffiti like you know just the culture is just like i've always just been in love with it and um yeah i think that's part of the reason why i'm still here and i feel like you are like you know rest in peace of kobe but like you you are very (laughs) much the dj that has that mamba mentality because i used to hear things before i met you i I think echo used to be like i'm like how's mellow so clean he's like bro like i think he was like Oh, he has insomnia, and I didn't even know what insomnia meant. He, like, he has insomnia, so he just scratches all night yeah. while like his girls asleep or something. Like, yeah. And I was like, wow. This but even is like crazy. during like when I mean, fast forward to like the club days and body English, and you you told me like I was like, yeah, I practiced like three hours for the set. I'm like, for real? Yeah. Like you legit like, and that's what I love about it is like you still love to practice. Yeah. yeah and that's man. the thing that a lot of people don't really do anymore i'm guilty of it you yeah. know like we all are though we all go yeah. like have yeah. our phases our moments you know like me me included but yeah, yeah no for sure i definitely there's moments where it's just like sometimes um this is another conversation but like you know with the whole club game you know what i mean it's kind of part of the reason i stepped away because it yeah. just started to feel like work 
and I lost interest and yeah, I was just yeah. getting bored with that lane. You know yeah. what I mean? That style of yeah. DJ set. Um, we can talk about that, but let's go, let's fast forward your, your DJ and let's, let's get into beat junkies. Like how did that start? Um, and what kind of motivated that? Were you part of the whole uh, initial, like the first beginning of the whole crew? I was there like, early on. Um, but did um, it exist already when you were on board or did you No, I was one it? of the original members. Okay, cool. Um, so that basically, um, again, so I graduated high school in 91 and then, you know, when I started college down in Orange County, UC Irvine, um, that same year, um, you know, with college, um, you have a lot more freedom. You're not like committed to being on campus five days a week from 8 a.m. to whatever, 3.30 p.m. Um, and that's kind of where, you know, your your mentality gets a little, your responsibility levels gets gets tested. You know For what sure. I mean? Like you don't show up to class, they don't take role. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's on you. Yeah. So, but again, you're able to kind of like shape your own schedule. So anyhow, um, I went from, you know, being a bookworm five days a week to being a bookworm two and a half, maybe three days a week yeah. down at UCI. So it afforded me a lot more time to kind of just maneuver and really just dive deeper into DJing and, and into the art form. Mm -hmm. And so by this time I had, you know, four years of, you know, bedroom experience and a okay. few gigs so under my been belt DJ for four years yeah. at this point. Yeah. And so now I could scratch a little bit, uh, all the scratches that I was always like, just confused by, I had kind of figured out, um, and, you know, I studied whatever I could. Um, I had a car, so I was able to go out and record shop and meet up with some other DJs. I clicked up with another mobile crew, so I was a little more active, like, as a live DJ. Okay. And so it was good timing, and I've actually talked about this with the guys. Is this, like, um, Legends? Were, were Legends around So this then? is, like, yeah, Legend Entertainment. Yep. Shout out to ICI. Yep. Um, so I met um, Rhett Matic um, and ICI. This is 91, um, after I graduated. And, um, you know, I was kind of making... I wouldn't say noise, but, um, you know, I was do, doing a lot of house parties in Cerritos, like just kind of like after I graduated high school and I guess the word kind of spread that I'd gotten decent, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Rhettmatic, ICI's and curse, like being local mobile DJs, yeah. mm -hmm. um, I guess that, you know, my name came across their desk. And so anyhow, Rhettmatic and ICI's invited me to the house party out in Carson. And that was the first time they ever saw me DJ. And I think I DJed maybe 10, 15 minutes using records or whatever. And then, um, crazy that i'm from Carson. like all this is happening in my oh area. yeah that's right that's crazy that's the hood right there i didn't even know yeah yeah man Hell so yeah. that's where ice is from so that's uh, crazy yeah so, i knew that's where he was from but like just to see like you went to a party there yeah, yeah. pretty wild yeah it was a block party actually i was there I yesterday we were in DJing in this yeah okay nice. yeah home turf Hell yeah, yeah for sure so we were djing this house party and so i did that and then kept in contact with i think back in the day it was pagers or whatever yeah. so yeah we kept in contact you know and then um that was it. Rhett pretty much. Uh, oh, they were. That's what it was. They were doing. Um, so Rhett, his mobile crew, Curse's mobile crew, and um, who else was it? There was a third mobile crew. I'm drawing a blank right now. But they formed kind of this mobile DJ crew super group called okay. United Kingdom. Yeah. So they were doing clubs. This is like 91, 92, 93 out here in Hollywood, like way back. Wow. And we're this talking like 92. This is like 91? 90, maybe 92. So I know the one from Cerritos was Prestige Sounds or something. That was Havoc's crew. That was Havoc's yeah, crew. Yeah, yeah. Right? He wasn't part of UK. Oh, not yet. Okay. But yeah, but UK was pretty much like DJ Curse, Rhett Matic, right. um, Paul the Man, yeah. DJ What. Um, those were kind of, and uh, yeah. Dr. Bombay, Arun. Um, oh, wow. And then they had like, you know, they had a whole squad. It was they were like 20, 25 deep. Damn. You know, this guy had the lights. This guy had the yeah, speakers. Yeah, yeah. 
Chris had the records. That's kind of how it was back then. Yeah, like yeah. all the homies Even had Vegas, to have yeah. one thing. Yeah, you had the lights cool, yeah. and you just yeah. because you, it was so you, expensive yeah, to have like everything. Voltron. Yeah, you had it's, it's impossible like, to have the whole setup. Yeah, no, it was, back it was then. cake back then for sure. For sure. So they were doing this club out here in Hollywood, um, off of Hollywood Boulevard. I forget the name of the actual venue, but the night was called Spice. Okay. So it's basically it was formatted very similar to what you see today. And was it at the Tropicana? It was. That's where I met Scythe. Okay. So this was two rooms. They had a main room which was like where they played like all the dance music, all the 80s funk, yeah, yeah. disco, R&B, some hip hop, you know. And then they had a smaller room that was dedicated, it had four turntables, and that was where it was like kind of like the underground space where it was like okay. Curse, J-Rock, Rhett, you know, they would all just like just bring crates of records and just go for broke. Like they yeah. weren't trying to rock the dance floor. Yeah, yeah. They were just getting busy. Yeah, they were right? trying playing, to show off and impress other the joints. DJs. Yeah, yeah and it was me. like, you know, smaller room, held maybe like 250, 300. Man. But that's where I went every Thursday. And so finally, like, I was always, again, that nerd. Like, I was, like, the first to show up, um, you know, last one to leave, yeah. you know. Mamba mentality, I'm telling you. <laughs> so you weren't crew yet, right? You were just. No, I wasn't okay. crew. But I, I knew who all those guys were. Right, and right. I knew Rhett a little bit. Um, I knew Ice a little bit. But, again, because I was showing up religiously, like, yeah. church, like, every Thursday, right? Um, Curse, um, shout out to Curse once again. Like, he finally came up to me, like, that fourth or fifth Thursday night. And just like uh, before the night even started, he was just like, hey, man, you're here every week. Like, why don't you bring a bag of records next week? And I was just like, Psh, so man, wow. wow. Like, Thank you. Yes. Nice. I would love to, you know. And so I did that. Same thing. Um, played for maybe 10, 15 minutes. And they were all there. The fellas, Rhett, J-Rock, Curse. And, um, you know, um, thankfully, I had a decent set and left an were impression you nervous? with them. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. 200% nervous. Yeah. And you came all the way and, from, um, from From Cerritos. From Cerritos. Yeah. Was, I mean, okay. still lived at mom and dad's yeah. the whole time. But, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, we all clicked and then, um, like I said, I, I felt like maybe I left a little impression with those guys and, um, they kind of just all took me under their wing a year later in 92, J-Rock had this idea. Cause now at this point we're, you know, we're all better connected. We're hanging out a little bit more. We're record mm -hmm. shopping together. We're practicing at curses three, four nights a week wow. over at his crib. Um, I'm stopping to visit J-Rock on my way to and from school, yeah. occasionally cutting class, like to hang out with him. Yep. And he, would just, he, he basically, that's a whole other conversation, yeah, but J-Rock yeah. like J -Rock's a showed beast. me the ropes on mixing, yeah. on record digging, on beast, buying records, yeah. like dude, beast, like to beast. this day, like He's king, a beast. king stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyhow, like a year later, J-Rock had this idea, like, you know, we're hanging out all the time. You know what I mean? We're doing gigs together. Like we're shopping together. We're cutting it up. We're practicing. Like let's just form a crew. And that's how the Beat yeah. Junkies was wow. born. Who came up with the so, name? I love the name he did. so much. He did? J-Rock did. Nice. Yeah. I actually mm -hmm. read that in Rap Pages oh, okay. back in 90, what, four or five? Yeah, yeah, probably around the that whole time. spread. That was so dope. I was like, damn. Yeah. You remember those? Uh, that uh, It came from Cerritos. <laughs> yeah. It was like it came from Cerritos and then like that, like pickles <laughs> on it and all that. Yeah. I mean. I might still have that. Herb or was it Herb magazine? No, it was, was it rap pages. It was rap pages. Rap pages. It was yeah. huge. Yeah, Herb yeah. too. Herb like used to cover you guys a lot too back in the days. Yeah, but so. but anyhow, like that's how that's how the Beat Junkies was born. Yeah. That's amazing. And 1992. we're still here. Like we're still here all together. Yeah. Like you know, all so brothers good, and still here killing it. Trying to trying to you know just keep push the. What's art crazy and, uh, is like I don't want to jump too forward. We can go back, but like I don't think kids or students of your guys' school understand how like lucky yeah. they are like if you we'll get into the details of, of the beat junkies sound but like if you told me back then that there that i can go to a school and like be taught by melody yeah mr chalk repmatic babu mm -hmm. j-rock like are you kidding you can't even put a price on that yeah i feel like i'm sure there's some people be, because of the internet do some research and they understand 
who you guys are, mm-hmm. but I'm sure there's a few that really don't. Is that yeah? Fair no, to say? That's, that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah. That's fair to say. I mean, it just dude, you know, like it. This is insane. <laughs> I mean, even for you guys, I'm sure, right? Like like you said, you started. I mean, you're two decades plus deep, like you. Close to three. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's, like, kids at the club that have no idea, like, nah, we, the blood, we don't compare to y'all put in. <laughs> yeah, y'all put in on the set. Like, you know nah, what I mean? Yeah. It's, just, it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's different, bro. Like, you go, you don't understand how different it is. Yeah, no, I was I was, I was, was there for a while. Like, I, I know. I can I can relate. But, uh, but yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's just, uh, and that's expected, you know. But um, at the same time, I, I feel like, you know, that's part of, um, it's part of what keeps us uh, humble, you know for what sure. I mean? It's just like, yeah. you know, not that we have anything to prove or chip on our shoulder. Well, you don't know the beat yeah, junkies yeah. or who we are. But like, I mean, every time we start a new course, just to kind of put it into perspective, every time we start a new course, right? Let's say it's our intro to DJing program, which runs runs for eight weeks. Yeah. And it's basically for like total beginners, right? We walk you through kind of the most rudimentary scratch techniques. We give you like a solid overview of the equipment, how to operate it, what controls what, you know, a lot of muscle memory, a lot of technique yeah. control, all the things that go into being a good DJ, yeah. at least to start and have a good understanding of what goes into potentially becoming a good DJ. But even, you know, my point being, even at the introduction of that course, like, you know, we talk a little about a little bit about who we are. You know, yeah. we're born and bred out here, Southern California crew, 1992. We did A, B, C, D in the 90s. We did, you know, E, F, G in the early 2000s. And that's it. We keep it moving, yeah, you know, man. because some people might not know, you know, and not that we're over here trying to like toot our own horn. But, yeah, nah, you know, you have to <laughs> just to kind of give them some insight into what the Beat Junkie Institute of Sound is. And yeah, how so let's talk born. about that. So so let people know exactly. There might be some people listening that are interested in DJing but might not dive in yet. You know, there's an opportunity to, like, go get taught by the goats. <laughs> yeah, the goats. Legends. Um, the so, yeah, legends. We, have, we have a brick and mortar out here. It's a, a physical spot. It's in Glendale, California. It's called the Beat Junkie Institute of Sound. Uh, we opened doors in... April of 2017, so we're coming up on three years old. Yeah. Wow. But it, we are a DJ school, an instructional DJ school. And when I say DJ school, we operate just like that, meaning that we prepare curriculum. We have lessons on paper. There's lesson plans. There's group activities. There's Pop individual quizzes. activities. There's quizzes. Yeah. So at the end of every level, um, we have our main program. is called the Foundation Program. It's spread out over eight levels. And at the end of each level, each student has to perform a final. So, you know, what that translates into is they have to come up and stand on stage where we instruct from and perform a set for us Mm -hmm. to be graded and for the fellow classmates. So it's basically like I've been DJing over 20 years and I still wouldn't perform a set in front of you guys. You know what's funny? I still would be like, nah, I'm good. We were talking off camera and um, this is something that's really kind of like come more to the surface after teaching is that a lot of the students, they... They're, that's the first thing they express a lot is this like, oh, I'm nervous, you yeah. know, because they're coming up and it's just like, it's one thing when they're in their own cubicle, their own workspace and no one's bothering them. And maybe like the instructors were coming around and checking on them, like making sure like they're executing correctly sure. and do you guys need help or whatever. That's one thing. But to well, get up on and the face the room, yeah. I mean, even if we're talking, when I say the room, we're talking 17, 18 people, yeah, you know, still. like classmates and instructors yeah. and a few staff, you know, but it's really nerve wracking for them. Oh, 100%. So, but just again, like, I feel like one thing that's cool and maybe unique about the Beat Junkie Institute of Sound is that I like to think of what we do as like a school. It's part lecture, part exercise. So we spend a lot of time dialoguing about all the things that come with yeah. DJing and, and the culture. And we spend a lot of time exercising, drilling, performing. I love you how know. you said uh, off the mic when we we're just having a chat, how you the first couple of weeks 
you teach them vinyl how to mix on yeah. vinyl so the first half of the program the first yeah. half so basically like first six months that's so yeah. important like vinyl people don't yeah they they like learn how to dj they'll match the bpms on the serato yep, right. and think on they can just that's yeah. what it's about right. but like learn by with by your ear first right, right. just you know i mean i'm sure you guys can relate to this and and the reason though the when we when i talk to that about my student talk to my students about that you know and why it's important the reason is because and you guys might be able to you know testify to this is because when you walk in and you see a dj like how uncool does it look to walk in and see the DJ like doing this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, versus staring the DJ at the, just like staring at having the, the laptop off to the side. Yeah. In there working the backspins, whether it's a CDJ yeah, yeah. or a Technics 1200, it just looks way fresher. It looks just way looks cooler. It's better presentation. It's better stage presence. You know, at the end of the day, it's going to make you a better DJ. Yeah? For sure. Like you're up there getting busy. And you're watching you know the crowd. Saying? Like you're because, up there. Yeah. One headphone or whatever it yeah. is, you know, baby scratch cute, like just looks dope, man. It's hip. That's hip hop. Yeah. I was you know talking to Vice and, about this earlier. We had lunch and, and um, and I forgot we were talking about the crowd, like pointing out, you know, we always talk about pointing out the one dude that's bum, trying to bum oh, you out yeah. in the room. I've had those too. Yeah. We all had it. And he, and he was like, he told me, he goes, dude, I, I had like some therapists like coach me through that type of situation no it was weird like i want to have them back on the pod but but, but I, t- I told them i remember being at a club at circus behind the arena mm-hmm. with danny dice and my brother we we went to see vice circus not a godilla cruz was like hosting this like OG na- shit. late 90s this early is 2000s? like late 90s yeah, yeah. i remember the and circus. he was djing and like he was wearing glasses back then and the whole time he's djing and like always just looking up and holding up his glasses and looking up and looking up yeah and i do like nowadays you see people their eyes are glued to the laptop yeah and yeah. like you said it just doesn't look fresh yeah. like yeah. it just looks like it looks more like if you know how it shows how nervous yeah. they are or unsure unconfident right. really you know right and it just i mean I think ultimately like you know it just at the end of the day it just creates a major disconnect between you and the room yeah you know what i'm saying like clearly like they can just look up you know two or three times and see that you're not paying attention to yeah. them and I think that just takes a, a lot away from you guys call it the energy in the room or like, you know, the experience, you know, yeah. for the club goer. How did you learn to like basically be, be good at everything? <laughs> Meaning like <laughs> you're, no, you're in, you, you, you were an incredible radio DJ. Uh-huh. Thank you. We've rocked clubs together. You're an incredible yeah. club DJ. Thank you. And you're obviously an incredible turntableist and just DJ in general. Thanks. Like, Thanks, fellas. That, it's not that easy to be the jack of all like you can't do it all like there's not that many djs that have all that like locked in how did you get to that level obviously from practice but like how are you able to be the guy practicing your scratches and your routines and juggling you know in a in a for a cassette tape that you guys are filming be on the radio with the playlist and in a room with just you and julio g you don't see an audience but millions of people are listening to a Vegas club at the Hard Rock in Las Vegas, and you're rocking with different music that you're not playing. Obviously, I think Vegas came after the beat, mm-hmm. and you know, but you, you still were able to adapt to every every style of DJing, and like that's very impressive, man. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, it's it's funny. This is gonna sound funny, and um, you hit it on the head, man. And it's not rocket science. It's just practice. It's yeah. just practice. I'm just like I just I just practice to death. But how would I, you practice like not to cut you off? How would you practice a club set if you're not like in your room? Like if you know, because because being a good club DJ has a lot to do with reading the crowd. Yeah. And I think 
that kind of goes with turntable list because you are in the, in front of a crowd and really trying to get their reaction and like oh shit like sure. you're trying to impress a room sure did that help maybe club um, dj yeah probably subtly now that you you bring what it up, up. Yeah. um but uh i think uh i know for me like i said i just um i've always um i've always just come from this place of just wanting to be just prepared yeah sometimes most times over prepared you know sometimes that backfires because um i'll be over prepared and it's just like how do i put it into words um i'm over prepared and so it's like so I, like i've almost exposed my mind to too much like too many different directions yeah, i guess yeah, i could yeah. go and i get lost in that but especially in a, in a cl- vegas club where anything they could throw happen. you off yeah. any second yeah. with yeah, the yeah, yeah. bottle sure. presentation no, but you know, even but with even that, be- yeah. But even before though, like you had like, I think you had like a tryout in yeah, Vegas, right? At three, but you would come. Is this like body and hang out with me? Yeah. yeah, you would come hang out with me and just see what I was doing. Yeah, and like just Mamba mentality, yeah, of bro. Course, yeah. No, I'm a student of the. I mean, to yeah. this day, I'm a student, man. Like it's That's just amazing, like, bro. And one thing we talk about this at school too is like, um, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but I feel like you know DJing and just anything with the creative arts, it's like it's ever changing. It's constantly yeah. evolving. And, um, I truly believe like with DJing specifically, cause that's all I can speak to. Yeah. There's really no finish line. Like you're never going to like really like be crowned with that black belt. Like For sure. you, mas- yeah, you mastered it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Never. Like it's just always growing. It's always changing. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, again, I'm passionate about it. I love the shit that we do. Yeah. I love all facets. I love the turntablism. Obviously I love fucking collecting records. Yeah. I love being so, in the club here and y'all motherfuckers just rip it down. <laughs> I, lo- I love it all. And I appreciate it because I truly believe there's skill in everything. Yeah, for sure. You know? Um, and thank you for that compliment, but I've never considered myself. I've considered myself a well-rounded DJ yeah. and I know that has a lot Very to do well. with, with the influences <laughs> around me. Um, being part of the beat junkies has yeah. definitely like cast a lot of weight on that. You, you know? even does some TV stuff. Vibe <laughs> TV. Yeah. How was Yo, that? That was, oh, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was a great experience. Um, just, uh, you know, shout out to the Baker boys. Cause they're the ones that pretty much put my name in that. Yeah. Hat. Awesome. Um, so, um, so yeah, that was great. Um, it was fun. I used fun to watch and, that religiously cause you're on. Do you yeah, have yeah. a favorite, like whether, you know, it's club DJing, Radio DJing. I know some of the stuff you're not involved in anymore, but like, or turntablism, yeah. or even being a teacher. Like, yeah. I, I'm sure like the teacher part is the most fulfilling because you're like passing game to the next generation. Mm-hmm. That's always like a plus, which is kind of why we do this podcast yeah. is like new people, new younger DJs, or some OG DJs, but they're listening right. and you always want to catch something new For or sure. something that you relate to. For sure. It's so I can imagine that being very fulfilling, but like, if is if there's a favorite, would it be like turntablism, or was your radio days your favorite, or was it your Vegas days the favorite? You know, um, if I put myself in all those places, all those spaces over the last three decades or whatever, like, I'd have to say that I enjoyed everything equally. I mean, yeah. like, like I said, like there's skill in everything. So, like, using the nightclub stuff, hard rock as an yeah. example. So when the hard rock grew, right. And we were there rocking yeah. three, four yeah. nights a week. So I would fly in on a Thursday and I'd be hanging out with five and the homies like throughout the weekend. And I'd fly Playing back poker, here to LA yeah, on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. All that stuff. But during those four or five days, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I actually had a setup that I would leave at the bell desk downstairs. No way. So when I would check in, you know, I would tip the bell guy, 10 bucks, whatever, 
like bring my gear up to the room. I'd set it up. So that was my workstation. I just practiced in the that's headphones. Crazy. That's crazy. Mamba mentality. Would, <laughs> crazy. Bro. Dude. No, that's uh, and then when I would fly home, same thing, call the bell guy and then he would come pick it up. So you would leave downstairs. it in Vegas. I would leave it oh, at, wow. the, at the hotel. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. great. So actually I didn't have, I had one turntable and a rain 56. Ah, okay. Cause that's what we were using at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I had an extra mixer or whatever, but, but yeah, that was just to kind of just keep me sharp. And then, you know, that's there's always a couple cuts coming out, like, you yeah. know, on the different record pools back in the day. Like yeah. you just, you know, we're, we're resident DJs. You want to change it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, for sure. That was the challenge. Um, it still is, you know, just yeah. trying to keep so it would, fresh. I would spend a lot of hours, like, especially on, I think Fridays, like back in the day when I was the headliner at body English, like. Definitely, like, the two hours before the set, I was upstairs, like, literally sitting in the chair. Yeah. One turntable, the mixer. I remember you did tell me. Yeah, one, you did tell me that. Yeah, one internal and mode. I was tripping out. And same thing with, you know, turntablism and, like, the routines um, everybody sees me do on Instagram from time to time. Yeah. Those are choreographed. Like, I mean, I'm not going to front. You know what Did I'm you saying? ever battle, like, DMC battles? I, I know did, you've done yeah, showcases, DMC, I but did yeah, you, like, yeah, battle? Yeah, yeah, we competed, yeah. all of us together, um, individually and as a team. We competed heavily, like for five years from the early to late 90s yeah. for sure and that's what kind of catapulted to us me, into radio and turntablism is like see would seem like the heart it kind of seems like stand-up comedy like you really gotta impress oh no the that's room. for sure like, like you, they're really just what do you have to do and like impress me yeah but make I think, me laugh type of for the comedian right but for you guys it's like it's a room full of djs for the most part that yeah are pr probably talented probably just fans of the turntablism yeah. but like that seems like like the hardest thing yeah. to do. I think technically that's, that's without a doubt, hands down the most challenging. Um, like I said, there's skill in mixing and be, I've seen both you guys just beast and beat the club up. Like, you know, real creative, like, you know, wordplay and sets and transitions yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. And there's skill in that too. Thank you. You know? Um, yeah, no, all day. Thank you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why you guys are who you guys are. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I appreciate all of it. Like I, I mean, part of me kind of misses being part of that circuit, but um, that's, like I said, a whole other conversation. But um, I definitely, like I said, like, cut my teeth at the hard rock and yeah. you know played some other places work with some other folks out in vegas and yeah. some other venues and nightlife companies and stuff and I, I i'm grateful for all of it like i enjoyed every single night i mean occasionally like again i can't front like you know maybe on that third night or like that last day like it would feel like work for whatever reason yeah, yeah i just sure. be burnt on the music i'm like oh bit. man yeah. i'm stale on my own set yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying um but stuff like that i feel like happens to all of us but i mean at the end of the day like i mean it's just like we're all just so blessed to like yeah. just you know, be a part of this community and Did, be a part of this. Do you this feel scene. like you got burnt out of the club scene? Cause I know you, you kind of like left that off to the side. I didn't get burnt down on the scene. I got burnt down on the music. The music. Is what did it to me. Um, you know, the last, uh, and I had a great setup with, uh, with scam and with, mm. um, Hakkasan and Omnia. I was rotating basically between yeah, those two yeah, rooms right. and, you know, I was playing pretty frequently, maybe like, I don't know, 16, close to 20 dates a year, like yeah. on a busy year, you know, yeah. around my other gigs or whatever. For sure. Um, but I just like, same thing. I just got really stale on the music. So let's say for example, to put it into perspective, I would have a booking. Um, I'd be scheduled to play say Omnia, um, March 1st, right? Yeah. Maybe my next date isn't until April 1st. Yeah. Right. So I would, you know, same thing like practice. If my gig was on a Friday, I'd open up the laptop on Monday, you know, do my research, jump on the record pools, talk to a couple DJ homies, start kind of working on the music, the programming mm -hmm. side of it, yeah. gather all that information put that into my system and then by maybe Tuesday night, Wednesday, now I'm starting to kind of like go through the music, yeah, yeah. map it, learn it, put like what I felt was like a good set, something that I could stand behind, yeah. you know, put that set together, then perform it on Friday, right? Go through all that, perform the set and then, okay, I don't have another booking for another 30 days. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't touch that set because it's just like, that's not, 
music that I ride to. Yeah. You know what I'm right, saying? It's right, not what right, I'm right. listening to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not mad at it. Like, I understand why people <laughs> like it. I, I like hearing it in the club. For sure. But I'm only in the club when I'm in the club. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah, yeah. So when that next booking would come around, long story short, at some point, it started to just feel like work. Because sure. now it just felt like homework. Like, man, I'm not even really, like, my heart's not even in, yeah, like, this yeah. music. Like, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of lyrically talented, like, new school, like, rappers. But it's just, like, I come from a day, I'm going to sound like the old head right now. <laughs> but I come from a day when, like, there was, you know, there was a variety of styles. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, hip-hop was on some, like, braggadocio. And there was always, like, a message. Whether it was, like, I'm a doper MC than you. Or, like, I'm going to make this political statement yeah. about whatever's happening, like, in 87 right For now. Sure. Nowadays, like, there's definitely MCs this like that. It's out there. It's out there. But, it's but not it doesn't the get the exposure yeah, that it does. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. For, for the sure. club. The club is just all the just the rah-rah to me. Yeah, yeah. if you play that stuff, you're playing for yourself. And those records, like, you guys know, like, the shelf life is, dude, quick. Yeah. Six hours. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, it's if your next gig is 30 yeah. days from now, a lot yeah. of the records you played last month aren't. They're not hot. They're not in rotation anymore. And so, I mean, maybe I, you know, would have stuck around you know, doing those sets, being part of that, you know, yeah. that culture, if, you know, I was into the music a little more or maybe just expose myself to a little, a little bit more, but it's funny. It's kind of come full circle for me because I went from, like I said, 83 growing up on like these classic electro techno yeah. hop, collecting these records to competing, to being part of, you know, the Vegas nightlife culture. Now I'm back to like buying records, yeah. working on, working on Instagram for free. I don't monetize those videos. Yeah. That's just for me. That's yeah, just yeah, because, no, that's, I, that's because for, I love the music, for us. you know? I, yeah, that's for me. <laughs> I enjoy those videos. At the same time, you know like I'm not home and I'm broke. I'm not getting the Vegas yeah, check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nah, no, no. Gambling no. Pete's got money. <laughs> <laughs> He's a uh, bankrolling me. But that's what I love about you though i love that it's not about the money like yeah, like you, you were able like you were still doing omnia etc other clubs but like yeah. if you didn't love it you're like you know what yeah. i'm cool yeah. like right there's a lot of people that will hold on to it for the check for, for the, the check yeah, for the for check sure. and like a lot of those guys might stop a slot from someone that is hungry and excited yeah. a dj True. you know and and there's someone that's in that slot that just doesn't want to do it anymore is like kind of holding these younger kids back so like yep. that's awesome that you did that yeah, too man. bro like yeah. honestly like I, I really thank you thank you i mean like uh i mean you know ultimately like now at the end of the day like i'm happier you know what i mean yeah. um i'm not Dude, doing something happy, bro. i'm not forcing anything yeah, yeah. i'm the you know same way I'm I, so like i talk like, about it all the time like yeah. i cut out a lot of gigs and for me it's like if i don't want to do them anymore right it's if i'm not happy doing them i'm not going to do it like yeah. i used to oh shit Right. Paycheck, paycheck. I gotta go pay. get this. I'll do everything for what all you guys, the money. What do you guys say? Get the bag. Yeah, exactly. Go get the bag. Get the bullshit. But now I'm like, dude, let's give someone else a chance. If I don't want to be there, let someone else be yeah. there. And like, et cetera. Like, just, bro, all it's day. all about being happy. All day. It's, if you just see money, yeah. you're, you're not in it for the yeah. right reasons. And that's the, again, going back to what you guys said, like, that's not the reason we got into this. We got into this as fans. Like, for sure. Wanting to be, like, just sick. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, just dope DJs. Yeah, we don't make money doing this podcast, but it's dope. Yeah, like, it's giving game. Yeah, yeah, You, sure. you um, I'm per I, I know you guys charge for the school, but, like, you can't put a price on being taught by the beat junkie. No. <laughs> like, that's not, like, I bet you 20 years ago, if I offered you guys to teach me, you'd be like, <laughs> Nah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're absolutely it's right. Not, like you don't have the time, have the time and it's just time, not yeah. there's no price on that, bro. No, like on some real stuff, like twenty years ago, um, it was more about like, you know, everyone kinda kept their best moves yeah. up their sleeve, yeah. guarded, sure. no one was sharing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, nowadays it's just like, you know, there at times like we all kinda have mixed feelings about it, just like especially when you like share things with a student and they really pick up on it and just like, wow, this this person's gonna probably be better than me in four or five years yeah. but at the same time it's just like 
that's kind of why we do this. Like, you know, at, at this stage in our careers, the beat junkies, you know, we're trying to, we're moving more towards kind of content and education, mm -hmm. and we're trying to age gracefully. You know, do you guys do an online class? We do. We okay. have the beatjunkies.tv. So nice. all the lessons and curriculum that we teach here in Glendale, yeah. we've compacted them into 300 plus videos. I'm low-key um, going to sign up for that. For, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you got me a code? All right. <laughs> there he is. But you guys are still learning too, because I oh, noticed always. Like, I used to like go back and forth with Babs on IG, talking about, oh dude, this new cut, oh, what's this new cut you're dealing with? Cause he's like his style, scratching style is like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like advanced. That's why you guys are the best, man. Like you guys still love doing yeah. it, and that's all. I love that, bro. Yeah, love that. Fun, man. Just we're just like I said, fans of the culture, fans of the art, and uh, just you know trying to do what we can to contribute to it and just keep pushing it forward. Let um, me ask a quick uh, before we wrap up. What what's the best like success story from your school? Like it, I know you guys have been in three years now. Is there yeah, anyone where like maybe you went off to do it? Red Bull three style or, or you know like is there anything like that yet? You know, um, or someone went and got a big there's gig. A, there's a few that have um, that have competed um, in kind of local competitions, but off the top of the dome, the one that stands out is um, this is because I spoke to her recently. Um, so this young adult um, lady, uh, not lady, woman, um, Isabel. Um, she um, studied with us for about a year and a half, and um, I don't know exactly what her day job was, but she had one. And um, I saw her at a recent graduation, um, maybe December, recently, like okay. two or three months ago. Okay. And um, I spoke to her for a while, and she's basically she's DJing now three or four nights a week, wow. like wow. making money, paying her bills, like wow. kind of like in this place now where she's like, man, do I even? I think I'm just gonna go this full time. Yeah, I'm gonna do wow. this full time. You know, I'm happy you're doing this. You know, and I'm actually making money at it. And I could see it, and I could like feel it in conversation. Like she's just glowing with just yeah, like you know she never expected amazing. this you know she that's, came that's to the beauty of it never study. expected it yeah totally and there's she's actually out there doing a thing there was actually sure. like a member we do like members question there was one about having a job where was that at mm. um there was one like basically like how do you keep a nine to five where is that shit at? i did right, that too oh here it is Sorry. pros and cons of working a nine to five monday through friday and djing nights oh, and weekends acts uh, at Alex and Alexander Crown. Alexander Crown. Sorry. Well, that's from a uh, from a listener. From a listener, yeah. At Alexander Crown. Pros and cons of working a nine to five, and DJ nights and weekends. So I can talk about that because I I I always had a job. Yep. And worked weekends, and then I used to work at a uh, Vespa scooters. Oh shit! Damn. In the warehouse. It was like <laughs> yeah, it was like in like they were killing the game for me. It was like in Dominguez, kind of like borderline Carson Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um. I would work there Monday through Friday, nine to five, packing, shipping, yeah. mirrors and helmets, you name it, seats, like doing yeah. the whole thing. And then doing like La Mirage Thursday nights and whatever Friday, Saturday, and like getting paid peanuts. Oh, so you were still so I had zero days off. You're no, I've been before power. power. Oh, before power. So before power. Then I got on power, uh, meaning on the street team. Right. Then I'm doing street team. So now. That's when I met you, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then yeah, I'm doing yeah. nine to five. At Vespa, I've had other jobs way before, like tons of you name. It, I've worked there, IKEA, Ross, <laughs> <laughs> record stores. But yeah, so I was doing that nine to five, and then I was doing street team on weekends, Saturday, Sunday, and then still like La Mirage every Thursday, yeah. opening for Vinyl Dave, hustling, and then 
whatever if I could pick up a gig on Saturday. If not, I Saturday night I'd go to Echo's gig or Vice's gig, yep. whatever. But every single day, and it wasn't until I got on the street team, still doing everything, and then you kind of feel it. It's a gut thing when you feel momentum coming, a couple more gigs popping up that you mm-hmm. can't do because of your full time yeah. job. That's kind of when you know. Like I don't think it there's the right answer to like when you leave. You just kind of feel it, right? right? Yep. And I think that's what happened to her. She she started DJing four or five nights a week, and it's kind of like, yo, something's something's happening here. I think, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of to answer Alexander Crown's question, you you know, there's no pros and cons. The pros is you have a steady check at the job. That's the pro. Cons is uh, you're gonna be exhausted. You're gonna be tired. You're gonna be tired. Your hours a little a little less motivated to practice and do stuff after hours. You know, so. Yeah, but, sure. but I think you know keep keep working at it and and you'll you just kind of know you'll feel yeah. it Yeah, so with me. I am um, you know, I was a student at UC Irvine I was working as a bank teller at Wells Fargo and then I got hired at the beat in 95 yeah, yeah. So I held on I was obviously, you know committed to graduate. How old were college. you when you got on the beat? Uh, 22 23 nice. something like that. I was young. Yeah, um, but I held on to obviously being a student I was committed to finishing and graduating getting my degree but I, I try to hold on to working at Wells Fargo and working here at the beat. So all the while, um, shout out to Alex. So I was living in Cerritos with my mom and dad, right? I was commuting south to Irvine to go to school. I would finish school, drive back home to Cerritos, drop off my school backpack, grab my DJ bag, drive out to Hollywood where wow. the beat was, right? And I did that for maybe a month and a half, two months, and finally I had to let the Wells Fargo job yeah, go. Yeah. But I had my manager, he was so dope, he was so good to not just me, but like the entire staff. Like, I really felt bad leaving, because he always like, um, I mean, for being kind of like in that world, like working at a bank in such a corporate structure, like he was a cool cucumber, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And um, so I was Why? down Because he knew your opportunity, because back then, man, radio was a massive deal. Yeah. Oh, that was huge, that was like, you know what I mean? Like, it's I was almost like, like TV. Yeah, so he's like, damn, you're gonna be beat. on the beat? I love yeah, listening yeah. to you, like that's, Nowadays, you tell someone, like, oh, I'm leaving my job, I'm going to radio, they're like, huh? <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. I'm going to start a podcast, like, what? Yeah, All right, that was work. definitely a special time, a <laughs> special opportunity for me. It's but, amazing, bro. But yeah, ultimately, like, uh, I mean, you know, just with regard to the question, it's just like, my time was just spread thin. I was young, and I had energy, and I could spend, you know, all day and night driving back and forth and whatever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, at some point, you just kind of have to just, like, try and make sense of it all, you know? As much as I wanted to stay committed to the team down at the bank, I just, um, I had to make a decision. Yeah, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's kind of I guess one of the pinches you can get in. That's you know, the thing. Like you did constant. both until you couldn't anymore. Yeah. Shit, I was at Victoria's Secret. the wheels fall off. <laughs> you were at that Victoria's Secret? Yeah. What? No, I, was, I was working at Victoria's Secret at the Orange. I never knew this. I was a stock boy, and then you I was grabbing stocking panties. <laughs> yeah. Stealing them. Whatever. Stealing panties. Bringing them out for all the when the girls like you know oh we need size thirty four D. Hey. Anyways, I'll bring them down. And I was working part time. At the time, uh, with Warren and Pizzo at Hip Hop. Oh, yeah, yeah, We're shipping records yeah. out like, once a week. The shot. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And then um, I was filling in at Baby's at Hard Rock for Obi and Josh when they were out of town. And then, it was like early 2000s, early right? 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I gave my own residency for meeting people at B-Bar. So I was I doing B-Bar that. like Friday and Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I was making like 300 a night. So I'm like, damn, I'm making 600 a week. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that's like what I make a month, in a month after doing cigarettes. I'm making yeah. twenty dollars a night at La Mirage, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, eventually, you know, right. Like, 
Yeah, you made the transition. Yeah, I would have said that Victoria's Secret forever, but... <laughs> Steaming panties. Steaming panties. Now you're gonna buy a That's tight. Victoria's Secret yeah. franchise. Damn. You don't see too many uh, male clerks uh, at yeah, Victoria's Secret. Yeah, I was a clerk. I was a yeah, back in the house. Oh, yeah, employee, yeah. sorry. Employees. Yeah, employee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> there was three dudes in the back. Girl, let's do one more since this one you can relate to as well. This is from at Tyski, DJ Tyski. What up, Tyski? Um... Club mixing compared to radio mixing. Oh, there you go. Mm. There's there's a hu- there's a huge difference with one being drunk audience versus like <laughs> radio. Yeah, you know, sure. People driving. You have to be regular. Like, yeah. What is that? <laughs> what yeah. happened there? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd say a few things about that. I'd say definitely there are differences, but at the same time they do definitely intersect and overlap, right? Um, so going back to you know the way I came up. Radio basically taught me the format of playing to a commercial audience, right? 100%. You guys know the formula. It's not rocket science. You yeah. play the hit. Maybe you throw something that's the B record or not the hit, yep. but you always sound good with the you hit. You always, yep. You know, yeah. you guys know, like, and any club DJ should know, rule of thumb, like, don't go too far left or right because you can lose a dance pair yeah. like that. Two, and two and a half thing, records, but... you can start getting them sideways looks. You yeah, can clear the spot. Out, yeah. You can just not be doing it, yeah. right? And it's done it's hard to recover from that yeah that's the thing is like even though you you don't see the audience on the radio in, in that little ass mix room but you know like trying to keep people from tuning out is the same way from trying to keep people from leaving a dance floor yeah like we'd get fired if you played like four even three new records in a row brand new unfamiliar <laughs> records in a row it's over for you and the same thing if you play three unfamiliar records in a club people are like what the hell is it? Radio, you guys follow like a, set, a list you guys have to play for, right? There's a playlist, but you have the freedom of bouncing around yeah, the way you want. Yeah, yeah. But it's, a, it's up to you to know, aside from tempo, obviously, yeah. but like, you know, recurrence, you have more freedom, yeah. you have a wider range. Right. But like, you still have to know, like, all right, yeah, yeah. this Tupac record or Snoop record is going to work because right. that's our demographic on the radio. That's what they like, right? Yeah. So it definitely, like, you're right, it definitely teaches you. Totally. How to like work a room without even knowing it. Right. Like, you don't realize it. Yeah, no, totally. And uh, you know, when I first came on the radio, I was obviously super green. Like, I didn't know anything about anything. So, uh, I got a shout out my program directors, uh, Mariana Snyder and uh, Michelle Less. Um, they pretty much, it took me a good two years to kind of really learn and yeah. get comfortable with the formula. And then um, it's funny because now, like, you know, on occasion when people do approach me about my mixes on the radio back in those days, like, it's not the way I played the obvious Hypnotize or Tupac or Snoop record. It's the records that I slipped through the cracks. It's the Slum Villages, the yeah, Quasimodo's. Yeah, Those are the ones that people remember. Yeah. And again, shout out my program directors because they were very patient with me, um, which is a nice way of putting it because I definitely got pulled aside for pushing that boundary too far, like not really abiding by the rules, maybe going like, a hit, then two records that were definitely not hits, yeah. <laughs> and then coming back with a hit, you know? I remember um, the first but, time I heard, like, play uh, the uh, Slum Village record was you. And then, like, Chalk would be really good at that, too, because I remember listening to Chalk at night, and the first time I heard Simon Says, Feral Monch, mm. and I would, like, listen, because I would record you guys and then have to go to the record store I worked at part-time, WP Records, and, like, see if he had it, like, oh, right, right. or tell him, like, yo, yeah. let's order these. Like, we need to get these records. That and was all really Fat Beats, man. You. All those joints, that was all Fat Beats. Yeah, bro. That was, for Fat sure. Beats was so legendary. Yeah, but the club stuff, I mean, going back to your question, for sure, like, you can get technically, sonically, 
you're going to get a lot more passes in the club on the loud system. People that are like a few drinks, yeah, drinks in, yeah. it's not going to resonate. Like when you're a little sloppy or off here and there, it's not going to resonate as much. And you can do a lot mic work. You can cover it up with yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Radio, yeah. I mean, you're pretty much like it's just going to translate 100%. Like you, you know, what you perfect. give is what's going to be put out there. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like anything else. Like you put your art out there, you open yourself up to criticism. And I definitely had nights where the record would skip on me at the yeah. beat, or uh, maybe I practiced this little mix trick, you know, with this record, Outcast or whatever, and I didn't quite pull it off the way I was doing it at home. And I always recorded myself um, and listened back to it when I was driving home from the, the show on the beat. And, um, but yeah, I mean- I used to love your, just, uh, when you sit, whenever you play like Drop It Like It's Hot, I knew a little, <laughs> Mixed trick juggling was coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you would like, extend yeah. the the uh, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Or you'd keep it going. Yeah, beach junkie style. Yeah, bro. Midnight Love was one that he used to kill. He yeah, sounds like Koki used to kill Midnight Love. Yeah, he's that one. Yeah, yeah. Koki was. Ill. I used to drive in like to visit my grandma, and I would record like you know whatever. And I was like, Mellow's on record, and there are nights where you just double. Yeah. Fuck, I wish you was just throwing the records on. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. still have some of your radio mixes? I have all like, of them. Dude, yeah. every show. Can you please? Yeah. I need to digitize them. them. They're all in storage, but I have, yeah, years of all those shows. Yeah. Dude, please, like, yeah. I don't mean yeah. to rush you, but can you do that this week? Can you do that this week? What are you doing tomorrow? Yeah, what are you doing tomorrow? Oh, you're going to help you. So what are you doing later after this podcast? You're going to storage, right? I'm driving storage, yeah. I'll help you, seriously, though. I want to hear those mixes. Like, it'll just bring back so many insane memories. Yeah, they made the beginning for me, like, DJ-wise. Not for sure. Yeah, I got to get over storage and go through my crates and stuff. Well, well Mellow, um, man. Uh, thank you so much, bro. I can't no, thank, thank you, you guys enough. for having me, man. So good to see you guys. Go ahead and like, let me know. Congrats to you guys on all your oh, success. Thank you, man. man. Thank, trying to be like I'm you. Beasting yeah. these rooms out here. Man, <laughs> I need to come to a paid show. <laughs> Anytime. Whenever I'm in a poker room, I need to go play a game. Dude, that too. Come on. <laughs> I want to be on TV. Gambling <laughs> Pete. I think I still have that. Vibe. He's around here somewhere. He's never too far. No boys. Let them know where to get more info on the school, your Instagram, etc. Okay, so uh, yeah, for info on our school, it's uh, BeatJunkiesound.com. Uh, again, we have our online school, which is BeatJunkies.tv. And then we also have a record pool, yep. BeatJunkies.com. Um, so yeah. Shout out to uh, CyberKid. Shout out to yeah. Cyber. Yep, that's the workhorse right there. Right <laughs> to him. Yeah, yeah and um, shout out the whole crew and um, everybody. And just uh, for, again, all the continued years of support and love. Yeah, and uh, sure. hopefully we're around for another, you know, Absolutely. two, three decades. So hey, that's yeah. the goal. Shout out to HMC. Thank you, bro. Scratchy, what up? I see you. <laughs> what up, Scratchy?